Here we go on a Thursday. Welcome in, everybody. We are here at Cavens Group. Plank and myself love being out here each and every Thursday. They're always so cool out here. And uh, we hope that you never need a, a disaster response in your life, right? You don't want that. You know what I think today? A good disaster. But if you have one, Cavens is the place to call. 405-573-3048 or in Tulsa, 918-282-7612. They are the best of the business. They've got the best reputation. Water, fire, mold, storm damage, crime scene cleanup, you name it. They do it better than anybody else with more crews, better trained crews, and the best guy in the business, Gary Cavins. We'll talk to Gary a little bit later on out here on this Thursday. So I'm here at Cavins Group. As I am every Thursday, Parker Thune, still in San Antonio. How you doing? Still here, Steely. It's chilly down here. Chillier than San Antonio, Texas ought to be, even in January. But got the chance to watch Zion Raggins and James Nesta practice, obviously the two Sooner signees that are representing the program down here at the All-American Bowl. So all in all, enjoying my time. It's been more good than bad. Had some Sopapilla ice cream last night, which was delicious. Ooh, that sounds good. That sounds good. I would risk a diabetic coma for that. So, you know, the problem is our great ownership. Everybody who has a birthday, we had Mark Desher, OU photo guy, his birthday the other day. So they bring out, like, Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory for every event that we have. And it sits there, Plank is nodding and smiling, in the lobby and it just says, you know, I'm here, you've got to eat me, or this is going to go away. So me, type 2 diabetic, what do I do? I take the plunge every time, like the uh, total idiot that I am. And yesterday I was driving home after eating a, an enormous sugar cookie and seeing about five different lanes of traffic. But, you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. All right, uh, before we get into serious uh, big-time journalism here, Parker Thune, you want to start on a uh, on a funny note? What do you think? I mean, I don't see why not. Why not? I mean, life's too short. YOLO. So let's, you know what I decided to do? This is so good. We do the dumbass clip of the week every Friday, right? We uh, will be out at Riverwind tomorrow, and that's where we do uh, our dumbass clip of the week, something stupid every week. And if we have an awesome clip of the week, we play that as well. But when I was editing this today, in the, uh, in the studio, I thought, you know, this is too good just to play a couple times. I mean, it's way too good. So, Connor, if you're ready, I have the dumbass clip of the week from the Fine Bomb Show. Let's roll that one right off the bat. I think you're going to really enjoy this. This is these, the people on the Fine Bomb Show, if you've ever listened, they are, they're very passionate. They're, uh, they're um, half of them are hillbilly. But if you like that kind of radio, man, they, they deliver every day. It's like a bunch of my uncles calling in, except they're all real. And here we go. We're going to roll it a day early, the dumbass clip of the week. You're a stupid dumbass. <laughs> he looks old, worn out, and he's, it's time for him to go. I really believe that. It's time for Saban to go. And I don't care whether he wins another game. I'm not even interested in football, except for Alabama, but I'm not interested anymore, really. I'm tired of football. I really am. I've had it all my life. Hey, Jimmy, and I'm, ha- I'm really tired. As, but as, as, as I've never seen Harbaugh. I've never seen him or anything. I just knew his name, and that's all. 
when I saw his face and saw him talking at presser mm. Sunday with, uh, with Saban, and then when I saw him last night raving and ranting, and just his looks, that guy's a dumbass, Paul. You know, I had to listen to that BS. Let me tell you something. I, man, I hope a thousand fleas climbed up your a-hole. I, I'll tell you something. I hope your New Year's is miserable every freaking day. I hope you do not have a good day ever the rest of your old miserable, cantankerous, hate Bama life. Now, you take that and roll it up and stick it up where that sun don't shine way up there. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Now, roll tide and kiss it. Whoa! <laughs> Shut up, dumbass. <clears throat> What a bunch of dumbasses. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> there you go. What that did is, I just listen to? That is the Paul Feinbaum show right there. You know what, Parker, we're going to do? Is you know that what, what it's I like just, every day? Uh, yeah, pretty much. At least a couple times a week. Uh, they're, they're, it's the SEC. You know, it means more to these people. And... Uh, that is the level of people that you deal with many times on the Paul Feinbaum Show. Now, I decided, Connor Pasby, that we are going to repackage part of that as a message to Missouri fans so we can play this whenever we want to deliver a message to Missouri fans. So one day we can just take this and say, you know what? I am so sick and tired of Mizzou. Mid-Zoo, they're driving me crazy, never won anything. They're all over Twitter. You know, running around with daddy's credit card. Look at us now. You know, they they have one of the worst overall athletic departments in Power 5 history. So, let's play, if we could, Connor Pasby, a message to Mizzou fans. I hope a thousand fleas climbed up your a-hole. And I hope your New Year's is miserable every freaking day. I hope you do not have a good day ever the rest of your old miserable life. There you go. I am going to save that note to self, save in production folder, steely message to Mizzou fans. So that's how we're going to get I can't started today. you cut out the word cantankerous. I, yeah, I probably should have left. I had to cut Bama out of there, but I should have probably taken cantankerous and put it back in there. I could probably go do that. But uh, that's how we're getting started today, right off the bat, right off the bat. Okay, uh, portal news. Sooners got a PWO kicker, Tyler Keltner, who is at uh, Eastern Tennessee for a few years, was most recently at Florida State, but did not attempt a kick for the uh, Seminoles. But there's another body in the kicking competition, Parker Thune. I mean, I guess he's a career 56 for 74. So probably not somebody that any OU fan has more confidence in than Zach Schmidt. Mm-hmm. Look, I I think I think there's a very strong case to be made that Liam Evans is kicking yeah. from the get-go as a true freshman in Norman. I think but you're right. You can't have too many legs in these competitions, right? And so you have Zach Schmidt coming back. You've got Reddy Mustafaras coming back. You've got Gavin Marshall coming back. Obviously, you add Liam Evans to the fold, and here comes Tyler Keltner. You're going to be able to have a robust kicking competition amongst those five such that whoever does win the job in camp, you know that they're going to be kicking not for lack of an alternative but because they actually went and won the job. 
Yeah. So uh, some news in the portal, as always, brought to you by Swiftco Roofing and Construction. You can call up Brent Swift and rely on his 25 years of roofing, remodeling, and construction experience. He'll come personally look at your home. Great reputation at SwiftcoTeam.com. You can check them out or call again at 405 401-8222, and uh, the Feinbaum clips are orthocentral clips of the day. Maybe the clips of the the decade, even though our best clip, of course, was the awesome clip with Drake Stoops talking about, you know, playing out the season. Uh, But we want to thank again orthocentral. They're in Norman. They're in Midwest City. They're now in Tuttle, Blanchard, and Newcastle. They're full-service clinics, do a great job treating orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. And by the way, Connor, we will play – Going into the break, that message to Mizzou fans, I think one more time, uh, going into the break. Any uh, updates? Uh, Nick Scorton coming to visit Oklahoma Saturday, right? Uh, but there is a crystal ball. Is that visit going to happen? Will Fong, uh, didn't he get Fong to uh, Texas A&M? He has been Fonged to Texas A&M. And again, Steely, I'm just – I'm not optimistic that that visit happens. I'm going to have to see him show up in Norman before I believe OU has a legit chance here. So, and you we'll said see what that, happens on Saturday. You, you said that now. from day one. You said that from day one that you were very much in doubt that that visit would happen based on where he's from. You, you thought A&M would have a great shot, uh, you know, to get it done pretty quickly, and it looks like that may be the case. Caden Woolard update. Do we know anything? The uh, defensive end from Miami of Ohio. The visit went very, very well, such that, again, I said it yesterday, I would be surprised if he isn't a Sooner. I feel that way all the more so today than I did yesterday. Uh, very much like where they stand with Caden Woolard, the six foot five, two 252-pound defensive end, formerly of Miami, Ohio. So I think he is very much in contention to be Oklahoma's next addition via the transfer portal. There you go. All right, we've got more portal stuff I want to talk about uh, in the next segment. We'll uh, we'll update the uh, Jake Roberts situation, Casey Thompson. Uh, we also know that Quinshawn Judkins, the old Miss running back, is in the portal. We'll talk about that a little bit. We'll start getting to your texts as well. 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Parker will take care of that today. And we always look forward to your text right here on Steel Man and Thune each and every day here on The Ref. Tip of the hat to uh, last year Home Comfort Systems for sponsoring hour number one, 405-579-3113. Tim Lasher, great Sooner, great company, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. All right, one more message to Mizzou fans as we head to the break, and we are coming right back on The Ref. Thursday here at Cavens. We will hear from Gary a little bit later. They do the very best job with uh, any disaster that you might encounter, home or business, high burst during the winter months, uh, in either your home or business, you want to get in touch with Cavens Group. Uh, again, 405-573-3048-918-282-7612. You can uh, check them out on social media. Gary's doing a lot of stuff, man. They're doing a lot of stuff, instructional videos, what they do, how they do it, why they do it, all of that stuff you can find on Facebook, Instagram, and on X slash Twitter. And, again, I tell you, they have the uh, the best crews in the business, the most crews in the business, 
And, again, uh, they have the best reputation in the business. My man Chris Smith also does a great job uh, with the roofing uh, department here at Cabins as well. All right, Parker in San Antonio, uh, I, I know you've been busy, but what were your thoughts on some of the Sooners last night in Orlando? I saw that neither uh, David Stone or B.J. Brooks on the on-three top ten performers from the game made that list, but they were both great in the uh, in the workouts. So uh, your thoughts on the Sooner contingent in Orlando and what's happening in San Antonio here soon? Yeah, well, look, I think if anybody were compiling a list of the top ten performers throughout the week in Orlando, without question, David Stone and B.J. Brooks would be on that list because by consensus, amongst everybody who was there covering the event, B.J. Brooks was, by all accounts, no worse than number two amongst all offensive linemen that were present throughout the week at the All-American game. Now, as far as the guys that are here in San Antonio – uh, got the chance to watch Zion Raggins this morning as well as James Nesta in practice. By the way, I keep saying Raggins. i got to remind myself it's Reagans. Reagans. Just think Raggins, about tr- – just think th- uh, Mr. Gorbachev tear down that wall and uh, trickle-down economics. He'll be fine. Okay, trickle-down economics it is. But got the chance to watch Zion Reagans today. Got the chance to see James Nesta in action as well. I think what stands out to me about Reagan's is that even though he's only about five foot eight, if that, he's remarkably long for his stature. Got good long arms, got a frame that you're going to be able to pack muscle on. And so beyond that, he accelerates very quickly, has great top end speed. Somebody that I think is going to be a, quite the downfield weapon in this Oklahoma offense for Emmett Jones and for new offensive coordinator Seth Luttrell. So really like what he brings to the table. Think he could definitely have sort of a gadget role from the jump in year one. I don't think that's out of the question. Now, they may want to redshirt him, especially given the current depth in Oklahoma's wide receiver room. That wouldn't be the worst thing. Just have him focus on getting bigger and bulkier in the weight room with Jerry Schmidt. But certainly the type of guy that it wouldn't shock me if he were seeing the field in some capacity for Oklahoma in year one, even if that was only on special teams. Uh, James Nasta was pretty straight up with me yesterday. He said, look, I I don't really expect that I'm going to play in year one. Uh, He's got some physical development to do as well. Uh, He's probably only about 215 pounds right now so you'd like to pack another 10 15 pounds of muscle on him at least uh, over the course of the spring and summer before fall camp rolls around but somebody that is not going to be rushed along at Oklahoma because every single scholarship linebacker on the roster in 2023 is going to be returning in 2024 so Nesta will have the chance to learn at his own pace one of the things he did mention was that he's really, really looking forward to having Danny Stutzman back for another year and see what he can pick up by osmosis, learning from taking reps alongside Stutzman in that linebacker room. And so I, th- I think the long-term potential for a guy like Nesta, just based on his overall athletic profile, is quite high. But what's important to understand is that with a guy like that given the current depth at his position group you're probably not going to see him early and that's something he's okay with all right uh before we go to the text line uh, quinshine judkins in the portal the old miss running back a really good one 
you've got some Bama guys in the portal with, with Judkins. It certainly looks like, again, this is going to be a big bidding war uh, for his services. Uh, with the Bama guys, you know, you would think some of those uh, some of those Alabama guys would also command, uh, you know, pretty big NIL dollars. But uh, I'm sure we're going to get questions about both. What do you think? I think whoever ends up with Quinshawn Judkins is going to have to pay a king's ransom, understandably yep. so. By the yep. way, Nick Scorton did commit to Texas A&M, so there you go. The text line has given us the scoop. Nick Scorton is a Texas A&M Aggie, which means he didn't, he didn't even make it to Missouri or Florida State, let alone Oklahoma. Well, so there you it, go. Uh, I don't li- I'm not a big A&M fan, but uh, I would rather have A&M than Missouri. Missouri is more on me uh, on my uh, you know what list than any other school right now. So, and we've already seen failures at A&M. And as you said, he's a kid who's you know. Grew up, what, 10 miles away from College Station, pretty much? I mean, if that, yes. Brian is literally right there next to College Station. So it makes sense that Scorton's going home to A&M. And, look, end of the day, that was a long, long shot for OU anyway. So not all that surprised to see that that's where things have headed. And I think the attention now turns fully towards Caden Woolard and what Oklahoma can do to slam the door in that recruitment. All right, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We would love to hear from you. You guys do a great job on the text line every day. Parker Thune, you have the honor, sir. All right, immediately to the text line we go. A listener in the 317, which is Indiana, it says, hey, Parker, Drum had posted a rumor yesterday on a defensive lineman not in the portal yet. Anything you can clear up on that? Well, until he's in the portal, no. Uh, not something I'm going to discuss there. But uh, there are a couple defensive linemen that were they to hit the portal, Oklahoma would move and move quickly on. Uh, JT in Tulsa says, does Parker have a response to Barstool Mizzou's accusation that he would be on the Epstein list? Yeah, listen, that is all you need to know about the Missouri fan base. They are the worst. Have they topped uh, LSU yet? LSU is uh, a lot of the LSU fans, not not 100%, but about 98% are subhuman. I, I really believe they're creatures from another galaxy posing as humans because they will spit on you, curse at you, and they're just low-down, dirty scumbags. But Missouri might be setting a new low. Pretty bad. Very annoying. Yeah, they're annoying. And what makes them more annoying, Steely, as you have mentioned, is that they they don't really have anything to stand on as a football program. I know Drinkwitz say we stand on business, but, like, in terms of what they have accomplished as a football program over the years, like, what is Mizzou football known for? When you think Missouri football, what do you think? I think the answer for a vast majority of people would either be Jeremy Macklin, which is fair, Brad Smith, also fair, or Chase Daniel eating his own boogers. Mm-hmm. Sooner fans would probably go, you know, they've had some pretty good defensive ends. They've had some guys over the years. But based on, I mean, their track record is mediocre. Uh 
that's what it's been. And and I remember one guy right off the bat. We went to two SEC. We went to two SEC championship games in our first two years. So if, and you if, lost them both. If you are, that's the leg that you're standing on. That we won a division title in the SEC. Uh, that shows you there's not a lot to stand on. Any uh, any Heisman winners? Uh, any natties that aren't fake? Conference championships, there's not a lot there. And like I said, they're now the spoiled frat kid with daddy's credit card running around like they own the place. And those people are very annoying. All right, uh, we should probably take a break right here, and we're going to get to a lot more text. We have T.J. Eckert coming up at 105 today. We'll get his take on uh, the current state of college football. Uh, is Tulsa a possibility for Casey Thompson? We'll talk about that. We've got uh, the Thunder last night, ran out of gas in Atlanta, still nearly uh, rallied to win the game. But Oklahoma City, uh, their five-game winning streak is over with a loss to Trey Young and the Hawks last night, 141-138. to 138. Trailed. Right off the bat, 11-zip, tried to rally, couldn't quite get there. All right, break time here at Cavens. Gary's going to join us next. We're also going to get as many of your texts in today as we can on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Keep it right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Thursday at Cavens Group. Plank was out here earlier, as always, on Thursday, and uh, we're out here each and every Thursday. Love being out here. Although Duke's not here today, he's resting comfortably at home, taking a little uh, mini vacation. But uh, always uh, enjoy being out here. They're the best at what they do. And uh, the man here is Mr. Gary Cavins, who joins us right now. You guys are all over the place. You've been fighting mold in Missouri, I hear. Yes, yes, we do. We have a, a commercial team out in Missouri uh, taking care of a commercial project out there and uh, keeping keeping that bank open. I have, uh, and, and I know you're, you're too uh, responsible and too good of a human being to do this, but we have a big problem with Missouri and their fans right now. Is there any way you can actually grow that mold? wherever that is is that possible i i mean i i could always grow it i probably shouldn't but you know i always could <laughs> all right uh winner again we, we've been pretty lucky so far right i mean yes um you know i i like the winter except when we get the icy roads and you get the wind and you know you get the 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 trees falling apart, the branches on the road, stuff like that. We haven't come close to that yet, but there's a good chance it's it's coming eventually. So what tips do you have for people, again, right now, to make sure that you don't have to deal with a big flood in your home with a pipe bursting or any kind of water intrusion? You know, it's just the simple steps. Make sure your outside hose is disconnected. Make sure you have heat on. Um, you know, make sure that you're checking rooms that you're not normally going into, making sure that the heat on's in those rooms you don't normally go into. Um, you know, simple steps like that make a huge difference in the big picture when it comes to water. Sounds like you think that one of the biggest culprits there is, and we've had this, we, we have a guest bedroom. We had Shay's parents in there for a long time, you know, when they were in their later years and we were trying to take care of them as best we could. Uh, but you know, once they were gone, then we've got a guest room that's unoccupied all the time. So the vents are closed off or whatever. There's not much much air flowing back there, whether it's AC or heat or whatever. And if you forget about one of those rooms, boom, that's exactly what can happen, right? So pay attention to every single room. A hundred percent. That's we see that quite a bit. That's the number one. That's the number one cause of pipe breaks. 
in residential homes are rooms that are just ignored and you know they may have an outside faucet on it but they don't have heat on in that room and it it breaks it pops and it floods that room and then people don't notice it for a couple of days or until that water gets in the rest of the house yeah well we had the heat on well you did but you didn't have it on uh, you know going into that area of the home and then all of a sudden you've got a problem all right uh some other winter tips people need to know about anything else um you know uh mainly it's the pipes bursting but and uh, do you see that with more businesses or residences? We see it more with business. Um, we do residential, but we're more commercial-based. And so right. we see a lot of fire sprinkler lines and a lot of uh, water lines and boiler lines, system lines, and stuff like that's what we see a lot of. Um, I would say that we receive probably 20 to 1 ratio commercial calls versus residential calls on water losses. Yeah, you don't want to get ratioed these days, that's for sure. We know <laughs> no, that. Definitely don't want to get ratioed. But sometimes it's the idiots who ratio you. So that sometimes it can actually be good. Um, all right, Chris and uh, roofing. I know Chris is uh, Chris is a great dude, known him since my Norman High School days. He clearly wants more pub. He wants to get on the radio, I think. But <laughs> I tell does. us about the job he does. He does an outstanding job. He uh, inspects roofs and, um, you know, replaces roofs and uh, handles all that for the company. I mean, he's kind of... Uh, uh, end all be all. He's really good at that. Um, seeing the uh, the job from the first time he meets you all the way till the very end, he's part of that process. Um, he is that process, and so um, he does a great, outstanding job on that. And we're super proud to have him as part of the team. Um, you know, and he helps prevent mold because you know you have a roof leak; it's leaking into the sheetrock or the ceiling of your home, or you know, or even your business if it's leaking there. That's what starts growing mold, and we see a lot of that nowadays. And so if you have water damage, um, it's probably a good idea that you have us come out and look and see whether you have mold or not. They do it all here at Cabins. Uh, They are the best in the business, water, fire, mold, storm damage, crime scene cleanup. Uh, They are the very best, and uh, the customer reviews are just awesome for uh, Gary and the folks here at Cabins Group. All right, 405-573-3048. In the metro area, Tulsa 918-282-7612. They're all over social media, and Gary's doing a lot of instructional videos. They're posting a lot of stuff, very uh, educational stuff that can help you out. They're on Facebook, Instagram, X, slash Twitter. They're everywhere now. Again, uh, com. So, uh, Gary, anything else you want to add? No, we're just here to help you 24-7, 365. If you have an emergency, you'll call and you'll talk to a live Cavens person, whether it's 2 o'clock in the morning or 2 o'clock in the afternoon. We're ready to help you. All right. And just in case you uh, you do want to turn heel, we uh, we would uh, pay you to make the uh, mold grow in Missouri, just in case you <laughs> want to just consider that. I don't think my customers would like that very yeah, much, but yeah, you know. I got you. <laughs> I got you. Thanks, Gary. Thank you, sir. Gary Cabins, ladies and gentlemen, here at uh, Cabins Group, and uh, just a good dude and runs a, a very successful and uh, well-reviewed business by everybody. They, they do it right. All right, Parker, let's, uh, let's get to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet tax line. Sooner fans are firing those texts our way, 405-651-3439. Loco Ohio says, did you all see that? Boise State is getting a visit and could be the favorite to land Malachi Nelson. Boise State. Wow. Yes, Loco, Ohio, of course. Malachi Nelson, who was, of course, at one time a five-star quarterback committed to the University of Oklahoma, 
could end up playing his college ball at Boise State after spending one year with Mule Shoe at USC. Now, I it makes you wonder if this is indeed the direction that things are headed for Malachi Nelson. Is he going to be what Brock Vandegrift ought to have been for Mule Shoe, which is a bad quarterback eval that never panned out? Because obviously Brock Vandegrift has not done a thing at the collegiate level, but right. his decommitment from Oklahoma opened the door for the Sooners to go and pursue and ultimately land Caleb Williams. So if Brock Vandegrift had signed with Mule Shoe, would he have been what Malachi Nelson is now? That's a very good question, but yeah, you know, because everybody automatically thinks, well, Lincoln is the quarterback uh, whisperer, Muleshoe, I mean. Uh, and, you know, he's got a really good offensive mind. He's a, he's a really good play caller. There's no doubt about that. But, uh, you know, some of this stuff, yeah, you, you look at some of those evals and you thought, wow, these two great kids that look like they've got great futures ahead of them. And maybe Malachi Nelson turns out to be a really good player. But Vandergrift, yeah, has been obviously – we, we don't know what Vandergrift's all about. We know he just hasn't been good enough to play. Now, when you're at Georgia, it's not super easy to play. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. 405-651-3439. Let's do it. Back to the text line. John in Blanchard says, Parker, is OU looking at the KU offensive guard who hit the portal? Yes, John. Uh, we talked about him yesterday. The name is Armaj Reed Adams, and he was recruited to Kansas by none other than Emmett Jones. So I expect you to be involved there. They're casting a wide net right now with some of their offensive line targets, engaging with a lot of guys. Ultimately, it just comes down to really who visits, who reciprocates the love from Oklahoma, and who jumps on board. I think Michael Tarquin is a very viable candidate to be in the boat with the Sooners by the end of the week. And we'll see what happens with our Reed Adams, but given his relationship with Emmett Jones that dates back to the Kansas days, yes, I do believe he will be a very legitimate option for Oklahoma in the portal on the offensive line. Uh, Roberts in Hera says, Steelman and Thune throughout the season, especially late season, it was clear the Sooners needed help on the defensive line. Are the Sooners not going to get any help at defensive tackle from the portal? They may, Robert, but here's what you have to keep in mind. Just because the Sooners don't make a portal addition on the defensive line this week or even this month does not mean that they're not going to do so because there will be a second wave of portal entries after spring ball, and that is a juncture at which the options available to Oklahoma in the portal may be more attractive because, I mean, let's call it like it is. DJ Hicks didn't get in the portal. Chris McClellan wanted a bag. There are several other guys that talked about entering the portal. There was buzz that they might enter the portal. They didn't. And so, all in all, the pickings were pretty slim when it came to elite defensive linemen in this first portal window. Oklahoma may elect to take a flyer on a guy, but there's also a chance they just pack it in and decide to wait till april to add a big time defensive lineman yeah and the uh, second window is april 15th through april 30th so uh yeah it could happen then we'll just have to wait and see sooner spring game is on 420 the uh, gunny of stutzman army classic will be played on uh, 420 
you know, at Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. But, again, a second spring window, April 15th through the 30th, and maybe the Sooners could get a little uh, defensive portal help there on the D-line. All right, uh, break time right here. We've got another segment to go for this hour. 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Thanks to Gary Cavins, of course, for dropping by to see us again. And we have T.J. Eckert on the way at 105 today on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Keep it right here on the home of Sooner fans. We are back. We will be out at Riverwind Casino tomorrow as we are uh, every Friday over uh, – 2,900 electronic games now. They have the best uh, electronic games, no doubt. Biggest biggest selection and uh, the most winners, best bars and dining, great hotel. They've got all your favorite uh, table games as well. They are simply the best at Riverwind Casino. And get on out there and enjoy some of the uh, great promotions happening in the month of January. ADK Winnings Resolutions uh, Giveaway. Play with your wild card on Mondays and Tuesdays for five times entries on Mondays and Tuesdays, and then be there on Fridays for the drawings Friday night to win your share of ADK and cash and bonus play. You can also win a trip, and this is a big-time trip, to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. It's called the First Down in Neon Town promotion. Now through January 18th, the top five patrons who earn the most points on their wild cards on specific gaming machines on the gaming floor They're going to win a trip to the 2024 Super Bowl in Vegas. And Riverwind doesn't do anything but first class, folks. They are going to pay for your tickets, your airfare, big-time hotel, ground transportation. They are even going to uh, throw in $1,000 cash. Thanks to our friends at Riverwind Casino. Again, five of these trips they're giving away in the first down in Neon Town promotion at Riverwind. That is awesome. All right, everybody. Uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Let's do it. This listener in the 918 says, about a week or so ago, a Koye played in an All-American Bowl for high schoolers, but it wasn't on TV. You had people reporting that he dominated so how can I see this game? On YouTube, what was the title to search? Thanks, Bob W. Tulsa. Well, Bob, I, I don't actually know. I I am not affiliated with the U.S. Army Bowl, which is the game that Danny Okoye played in. I believe it was him, Isaiah Autry, and Michael Boganowski that were representing Oklahoma in that game. I don't, I don't have any information for you. I would just Google 2023 U.S. Army Bowl and see where that leads you. Um, Spartan Sooner asks, didn't OU pick up a couple defensive linemen in the second portal window last year? Yes, they did, and one of them turned out to be quite the player in Dejon Terry. Now, the other one didn't do much. That was Philip Paya, but you got a bona fide starter via the portal in Dejon Terry in that second portal window. Yeah, and uh, again, he's, he's coming back, which is good news for Oklahoma. And uh, the Sooners have a chance, you know, they've got to play better, obviously, but they've got a chance to be really good defensively, and if, particularly if they can keep these guys healthy, Parker. And I'm talking about clearly uh, Justin Harrington injured early in the year. Uh, last season you had Gentry Williams who, you know, couldn't seem to 
get over that uh, injured shoulder, was in and out a lot, but out way too much. Danny Stutzman got injured for a couple games, and we know what happened those two weeks. So if they can keep these guys healthy, they've got a lot of experience coming back for this third year in Brent's system, and they have a chance to be a pretty darn good defense. A listener in Tennessee says, when would you expect the drove of inevitable portal entries we will need to make the numbers work? I would say post-spring you'll see some guys at the portal. I don't know yet who those guys might be. I think a lot of it may depend on what happens, what actually happens in spring. But, look, the reality of it is right now Oklahoma has 88 scholarship guys on the roster. They're going to bring in at least three or four more. You're going to need to cut the numbers, and you're going to need to trim up the roster. You're going to need to separate the wheat from the chaff, as it were, heading into fall camp. So I would say you probably see a handful of guys enter the portal from Oklahoma after the spring because they will be goaded and encouraged to by the staff. Yes, and uh, that's just part of college football. That That's the way it works. All right, 405. 405- 651-3439. That's our number on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Let's get as many as we can to close out this hour. We've got T.J. Eckert coming up uh, to lead off next hour here on Steel Man and Thune, but we got a lot of text still rolling in. Todd in OKC says, Parker, is Justin Harrington coming back? Yes, Justin Harrington will return for Oklahoma to play out a seventh year of eligibility granted to him, of course, by the medical hardship waiver that he will receive after having injured his ACL in week two this past year. So that guy you can kind of throw in the same category as Andrell Anthony Steely, somebody that you're almost inclined to forget about mm, or overlook. A little bit, yeah. Because, you know, they're not it, it, recency bias, right? You tend to think in terms of what have you done for me lately, and Justin Harrington and Andrew Anthony haven't touched the field for Oklahoma since, well, September in Harrington's case, early October in Anthony's case. But both of those guys are going to return to Oklahoma in 2024 and have the opportunity to be big-time contributors at their respective positions. Now, I don't think Oklahoma necessarily needs that. I don't think there's a ton riding on whether Andrell Anthony is that dude or whether Justin Harrington is that dude because Oklahoma's got good depth at Cheetah. They've got good depth at wide receiver. And so if they get beat out for their respective positions, okay, that's fine. But in Andrell Anthony, I think what you saw was a guy that over the first half of the season was Oklahoma's most productive and impactful yeah. wide receiver. Yes, by I was far about to say that. that. And then in Justin Harrington, you have somebody that it, final, it seemed like he was finally starting to put it all together. The athletic tools and traits have always been there. He just hasn't been able to put it all together on the football field, and that finally looked like that was happening this fall before he got injured. Yeah, and uh, I remember Teddy was raving about him, you know, early in camp. And I, I know he's had some times where we hear a lot about, we've heard a lot about Justin Harrington, and the, the hype didn't match what happened on the field. But, you know, he's played pretty well when he was in there. And Teddy was talking about, man, he thought he could have an All American uh, type season. He got injured right off the bat. We didn't get to see, uh, you know, that play out. But, uh, you know, nobody on the station, I respect football opinion over Teddy. Obviously, he's been there, done that. So, uh, And I'm with you, Parker. I was about to say, 
as much as I love Nick Anderson, and he's turning into a really good player, got a chance to be a superstar. I'd like to build a statue for Drake Stoops because of what he did for OU and the kind of player and the kind of kid he turned out to be, kind of teammate he turned out to be. Uh, you know, if things don't work out for him at the next level, I could easily see him coming back and being on the coaching staff at Oklahoma and uh, being really, really good down the road. But let's see how he does at the next level before that. But I thought their best receiver, you know, when he was out there was Andrew Anthony. Uh, and that's saying a lot because I think the Sooners have some pretty good receivers. All right, 405-651-3439. That's going to wrap up hour number one. T.J. Ecker is going to join us a few minutes after uh, 1 o'clock right here. I'm at Cavens Group. Gary and the crew's out here. Duke, uh, the uh, station mascot, Duke the Wonder Dog, is home resting comfortably today. Probably didn't want to deal with an old man in his radio show. I get it. But uh, always a great time out here at Cavens Group. We've got another hour to go, so keep it right here on this Thursday on the Home of Sooner Fans. Connor might be trying Hold to Hold on, we're loading. Yeah, TJ we froze up yeah. here. All right. I hope That's a all right. thousand fleas climbed up your a-hole. And I hope your New Year's is miserable every freaking day. I hope you do not have a good day ever the rest of your old miserable life. There you go. Maybe not the rest of your life, but uh, most of it. Most of it. All right, uh, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet Tax Line. Are we ready to go with TJ, Connor? Just let me know. Yep, we got TJ. And, all right, let's do it. Mr. TJ Eckert, Sports Director, KTUL-TV in Tulsa. TJ, how we doing? Are, are you guys hearing much about Casey Thompson and, and Tulsa as a possibility there? Well, what's going on, guys? Happy New Year to you. We are not. I have not seen much about that. That's the first I've heard. Is that something that's, uh, that's being Well, it's something I know Plank mentioned it uh, yesterday uh, a little bit and kind of in passing that it might be something that, uh, you know, might uh, might be a possibility. But if you guys mm-hmm. haven't heard anything about it, and Parker, what did you say yesterday? Tulsa, you think they've got a quarterback already, right? I mean, it, oh. they can In roll Kirk forward Francis, with yes. Yeah. I mean, I would be very I, – I don't think it would make a lot of sense to bring a quarterback in and shuffle Kirk Francis back to the bench the way that he looked down the stretch in 2023. But my expectation is that Casey Thompson's going to be a Sooner right now. Yeah. And I think, yeah. again, Tulsa is in a very – very good spot moving forward with Kirk Francis, who's got three more years of eligibility yep. to play out. Yep, and being a Tulsa guy, Metro Christian, obviously, it's a great story. He really sparked that team down the stretch. Uh, he's He's been pretty involved in recruiting, from what I've been told. So it, it feels like he's kind of their guy going forward, but uh, that would kind of throw a wrench in the plans with Casey Town. I agree with you, Parker. I think it makes more sense to dance with who brought you here. Yeah, and I also think uh, that it, it it looks like he's going to wind up at Oklahoma. So anyway, you know, got to address some of the rumors out there sometimes. Um, question about the Alamo Bowl. You're a former quarterback, played at UCO, played at Bixby. What did you think about Jackson Arnold? You had the, uh, you know, the boomer doomers all of a sudden, he can't play. And that was probably, you know, 2% of the fan base. But uh, what was your take on uh, JFA and his play in the Alamo Bowl? Yeah, you know, just kind of 
just a, a glimpse of a lot of really good and some glimpse of just him being a true freshman in his first start against a pretty good team. You know, I thought that he, he showed some poise. It looked like he was pretty relaxed in the pocket. I thought he did a good job of, of having some good pocket awareness. He didn't really look scatterbrained or, or skittish. Um, he made some really good downfield throws. He made some good throws getting the ball out quick. So uh, he used his legs effectively a few times. So I think he saw a lot of good. Uh, the bad is what you would expect from a true freshman. It looked like he locked on to receivers sometimes. It looked like he had one guy he was looking at, and he and he threw it there, and that's what happened on a couple of the picks. Um, you know, I, I think that there was, I think especially late in the game, there was a couple instances where the previous interceptions were maybe allowing him to see a little some ghosts, you know, and so I think he was a little, a little nervous, a little hesitant on some throws, and that were there. But for the most part, it was some really encouraging things. He made some really big-time throws. He had some good runs. And, again, when a true freshman's out there for the first time, you look at is he, is he looking to run right away. If the first guy's not there, is he immediately pulling his eyes down and running? And it looked like he was trying to scan the field as best he could. So lots of things to work with for sure. Looking ahead to 2024 in the SEC for Oklahoma, TJ, obviously we had long known Billy Bowman was coming back, Danny Stutzman is coming back, and now Woody Washington is coming back as well. Mm-hmm. The Sooners return 8 of 11 starters on the defensive side of the ball, and there are kind of two sides to the coin, right? You can look at it two different ways. One, you can say, well, I mean, we know what all these guys are. We know what they're capable of. We've seen it. Oklahoma can't be that much better in 2024 than they were in 2023 defensively. Or you can look at it from the standpoint of, well, okay, these guys are going to have another year in the system. Uh, They're going to be more comfortable within their roles in Brent Venables' defense, and they're collectively going to level up individually and as a unit. Which side do you tend to lean toward as you look forward to what Oklahoma is going to be able to roll out there on defense in 2024 yeah I mean not to be like a fence sitter Parker but I think it's okay to say both like I think it's good to know what you have coming back in 2024 like I think that's a good thing we've seen what they've been able to do we know what they're capable of that's a good thing we know uh what what kind of what the uh the floor I guess is if you will but the point of it is that they're coming back for another year which means there's a it's a raised ceiling so I think that's a I think it's a great thing. I think it's good to have leadership back, continuity back. You mentioned another year in the scheme. You normally see a, a a big jump. Talk about game three being a big a big game for teams uh, in a season. Year three with a coach is is big too. That's normally when you're expected to see like that's when things really pop off. So I think it's a great thing. And you know, I I think that they have good starters coming back, but it feels like they're going to have depth once again at numerous positions in the in the spots that they are you know maybe feeling like they're in question i think they're doing a good job of addressing those whether it be with their early signing class or with the with the portal so it's odd going into a season with more question marks on the offensive side of the ball than the defensive side of the ball but it really feels like that's what's going to end up happening this this next year for oklahoma and i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because i think you have the pieces to be really good on offense to answer questions whereas in the past when the questions were about the defense it wasn't so much do we have the pieces it was are we going to be able to field a a competent squad a unit and so I think they're in a good spot defensively I like I like the guys they had coming back I like the fact that they're all going into a system again for the third year and again the leadership in that locker room comes back too which is important 
What do you think, uh, Washington against uh, the Harbaugh's in the national championship coming up Monday? Uh, what do you think's gonna What do you think's gonna happen? What do you want to happen? Um, I think what I want to happen. I, I know what I want to happen. I want Washington to win. I I don't regret. I, so I voted for uh, Jaden Daniels to win the Heisman. Thought he had a great year. Really good numbers. I was trying to avoid the best quarterback on the best team argument, but then after watching Michael Penix uh, against Texas, I get the baller and such a great story too from Indiana with all those injuries, like uh, like a formal apology, I think, to, for not voting for him to win the Heisman. I had him number two, but I didn't pick him to win it. It's just such a cool story. Uh, he's got a cannon. He's a stud. So I I would love to see them win. I like Kalen DeBoer. I think they have. A, I think that's a fun team to root for I, I michigan unless you're a michigan fan feels like the yankees doesn't it like if you're not a michigan if you're not a michigan fan you are not rooting for michigan in this game it doesn't feel like uh and so i what i want to happen is washington to win i think that is going to end up what's happening i think Penix is a better quarterback than jj mccarthy and sometimes in big games like this things what, what it comes down to so uh, i'd like for that to happen what does this matchup say about college football TJ, because these are two programs that haven't played for a national championship in decades, haven't won a national championship in decades, and for the first time in a long time, A, you have no SEC representation in the national title game, and B, you just have some new blood in the sense that it's not a team you're used to seeing on this stage. Do you think this is a sign of the times in college football or more of just a one-off, you know, these teams strung together two really good seasons, but it'll be back to what we all t- tend to expect in the national championship game and in the college football playoff next year. Sure. I, well, I, I I agree that I think it's two teams having two remarkable seasons. It's, it's also funny that we were, what, an overtime away from Alabama being right back in it again. So, you know, we were the, there is some parity, I think. There are some new teams kind of popping up and, and playing well, but those – traditional powers are still there we thought alabama was going to fall off or some thought they were going to fall off after losing to texas and they're right back in there again a chance to make the national title again georgia is a loss to bama away from arguably being in the national championship because it looked they have looked so impressive all season long i think it's more i think i don't want to call it a one-off but i do think that i think that those traditional powers are here they're not going to go anywhere Uh, but I, i do think with the portal with nil I do think there are opportunities for teams to pop in one, maybe two years at a time and, and have a nice little run. And, and I hope that's what happens because a little parody never hurt anybody. I think the stat that they read after the Rose Bowl was that this is the first time in the Nick Saban era that, they are, that Alabama won't win a national championship for three straight years, which is amazing to me that he's gone. This is the first time he's been on a three-year run without a national title. Like That's just like absurd to me. Yeah, no doubt. is crazy. TJ, great stuff. Good talking to you. Happy New Year. We'll be uh, in touch and uh, talking again soon. But uh, enjoy the game on Monday night. And, again, we'll visit uh, here in a little bit down the road. Yep, sounds good, Steely. Thanks, Parker. Uh, you guys enjoy the golf, too. Absolutely. That's right. And maybe we're going to get this deal done, and maybe golf will return to some kind of normalcy here in the next uh, couple years. So. There you go. T.J. Eckert, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. Um, want to thank Oklahoma Generator. They are sponsoring our second hour here on Steel Man and Thune. They are 
just like Havens, they have the best reputation in the business that they do. They are Oklahoma's highest-rated and longest-operating Generac dealer. Experienced sales staff, service staff, great customer reviews. You, if you don't have a generator, you need to be thinking about one. If you got an old one, get yourself a really good one, one of the Generacs uh, at Oklahoma Generator. OKGen.com, call 405-321-6631. Again, those ice storms could be coming, and you don't want to be stuck, you know, without electricity. I mean, you've got to be able to stay on uh, Netflix and watch your shows, right, or Thunder Basketball or whatever. We've got Electricity is essential. I'm just telling you. I know stuff like that. So Oklahoma Generator, check them out at okgen.com, 405-321-6631. Coming right back, your texts are on the way right here on The Ref. Okay, welcome back here to uh, Cavens Group on a Thursday. I want to thank uh, everybody for all the great texts. We're going right back there here in a minute, 405-651-3439. If you're in your uh, 40s or older, you're thinking about improving your eyesight, and believe me, uh, the average is around 43 when you might start having some issues. Well, let me introduce you to a, a solution, the new LASIK, or as we like to call it, Lens Replacement. Lens Replacement provides a permanent solution to your visionary needs. And unlike LASIK, which many times will leave patients still needing those old man reading glasses or adjusting to monovision, Lens Replacement can totally fix. They can eliminate the need for additional eyewear post-surgery. The procedure, again, the best part of the whole deal with Lens Replacement, you will never require a cataract surgery. Lens replacement with the new LASIK. It's a major leap forward in vision correction. So if you're ready to see 2020, then check out the new LASIK. Available at thenewlasik.com. Here is a one coming in, DM off X. Do a DM questions uh, frighten you a little bit? Is that a violation, Parker? I mean, it's not like a Do major violation. Well, like somebody just all of a sudden you get a DM instead of like a text at you or something. You're, I don't know. It just still seems a little creepy to me, but that's just me. All right. Um, where is it? Here it is. Guys, how would you both rate the additions that we have so far in the transfer portal? Okay. Well, we can uh, – we can uh, we can do that, right? Um, you know, some of it is, I think, you've got to look at, because you can see a guy who might be rated higher than somebody else, but it's also, I'm doing this by need as well, Parker. So you look at, to me, like Deion Burks is a great get, right, the wide receiver from Purdue. And I know people look at Bauer Sharp and they say, oh, southeastern Louisiana, but everybody raves about that kid too, that he could be a really good uh, guy that could come in and make some plays for Oklahoma, they have pretty good reputation. Um, but you look at, like, uh, the kid from North Texas, the guard, and then Spencer Brown from Michigan State, you know, maybe they're not rated quite as high as, as like Deion Burks, but in terms of need, I don't know. Um, I guess I would go – I want to go with um, 
Spencer Brown and uh, the kid from North Texas, Fabechi Nawawu. Is that it? Close. Nawawu. Nawawu. Fabechi Nawawu. Nawawu. I'm going to go one and one A because they need offensive line help. I am going to go with Bauer Sharp after that tied in. I'm going with Deion Burks. And look, Deion Burks has a. Everybody loves this kid, but they, OU's already got a lot of really good wide receivers. Believe me, Deion Burks, if he is all that he's cracked up to be, and I think he will be, he'll make some plays for Oklahoma, there's no doubt. Sam Franklin, the running back, um, I would go with him after that. And uh, anybody else? Tyler Keldner, the kicker who committed today, and um, you know he would be at the bottom of the list. And then I guess you throw uh, Jocelyn Malaska in there, too. Um, those two uh, would be at the bottom. But how would you rank them? And, Parker, again, you have to consider, you know, overall ranking of a prospect versus a need that the Sooners really need to fill, right? Sure. Yeah. And so, I look, I think Deion Burks is far and away the best player that Oklahoma has gotten in the portal to date. I would rank him number one, even though there's maybe not an immediate need for another wide receiver. A guy like that that can be a playmaker, you're going to find opportunities to get him the ball. It's not like he's going to get lost in the shuffle. Big on Deion Burks and what he can bring to this Oklahoma offense next year. I would actually probably put Nawawu at number two. I think he's a plug-and-play starter, somebody that can make an immediate impact. And you have holes to fill on that offensive line. you got to replace all five starters. Nawawu is a guy that can be a starter from the jump without question. I expect him to start next year. Number three, I'll, I'll give Bauer Sharp the edge over Sam Franklin. I think those two are three and four. And then from there, for me, it's Spencer Brown, Des Malone, Jocelyn Malaska and Tyler Kelton. Oh, yeah. Forgot Des Malone. Yeah. They, good catch there. Old man forgot about Des Malone, the, uh, the uh, defensive back from Pranger Eagle, San Diego State. So there you go. 405 651 3439 on the Meyer Chevrolet text line. Let's get back there. All right. Back to the text line we go. A listener in the 405 says, Please compare our portal additions so far to teams we will actually face next year, like Ole Miss and Missouri. Look, Ole Miss and Missouri both have better portal classes than Oklahoma. I don't think that's any particular secret, but that's also because they're shelling out loads of money to make it happen. Now, I will say today, with Quinshawn Judkins hitting the portal from Ole Miss, you did see what happens when you spend big money in the portal mm-hmm. to go bring in top talent, then the guys on your roster, they see how much those guys are getting paid, and they want a bigger bag. They want a higher price point for themselves. They want more money, and they're going to hold out for it. And if you don't give it to them, you don't accommodate their needs, their requests, well, then they're going to hit the portal. And so the trickle-down effect that – spending big money in the portal has on roster retention is not to be disregarded as well. And that is something that a program like Oklahoma doesn't have to worry about. And so while it's great for Ole Miss and obviously huge for the PR, for that program, the coaching staff, the university, et cetera, to land a guy like Walter Nolan in the portal, 
Well, it creates a predicament. It's not all good. It's not as simple as, oh, you landed a five-star defensive lineman. Great. You're going to be that much better on defense next year. No, now it's about, well, you landed a five-star defensive lineman, and your star running back is unhappy because he's not getting paid as much as that guy. Yeah, you know, uh, didn't Lane Kiffin uh, talk about Bryce Young? About, you know what I do right now? I'd, uh, I would look at every option and hit the portal. Uh, because, you know, you, you could be making even more millions of dollars. And that was him talking about Bama's quarterback, obviously. But um, I don't know. I You know, I was loading up the equipment coming over here, and uh, I'm always listening to Plank on my way over here, listening to the ref. And it would just – I thought about this when I started the engine because the first thing that Plank said is uh, he was talking about uh, Quinshawn Judkins – and he said, you know, I've heard stories, and this is clearly going to be an NIL deal. That's uh, There's going to be some big money thrown around here. I had heard, you know, that he could be making upwards of a million dollars. And I just thought about if you had been in a coma, like, for the past three and a half years, and you finally gained your consciousness, and you had your faculties about you, and you turn on the radio, and that's like the first thing you hear, you know, they say, we got the radio here for you. You know, you've got your brain back. You can think and hear and all of that stuff. Would you like us to turn the radio on? And that's the first thing you hear. You've got to be thinking, what in the H-E-L-L are we doing with college football? And I know there are people out there saying, well, you know, they've screwed over the players for years and they should have been. I get that. But, again, this was supposed to be name, image, likeness. This is clearly pay-for-play. And uh, I, I hope somehow, some way, that we can curtail some of this and that the players get good money and are clearly uh, taken care of. But in terms of its effect overall on college football, when uh, you're looking around and you're going, who is there anybody in charge or anybody who can do anything about this? And there's just a complete void there, it seems to me. So we'll see. But, yeah, Parker, you're right. That's the question, again, that we talked about trying to keep a uh, an NIL, you know, situation going with your school, not ignoring it, trying to stay with the times, but not relying on that totally and totally uh, destroying potentially the culture in your locker room. That's, uh, that's a big question going forward. All right, uh, here's another question that I want to ask you, Parker, and we'll ask our uh, texters as well for the next segment. What is your biggest question? about Oklahoma football over the next five years that we need to learn about Oklahoma football Oh boy! as they embark. I'm going big picture here. I'm going blue book examination right here, all right? This is a mm-hmm. high-level class. We're not talking about, you know, freshman, sophomore stuff. This is master studies right here. What is the biggest question for you that you are curious to get an answer to over the next five years of Oklahoma football as OU ventures into the SEC. And we'll talk about that when we get back here at Cavens on a Thursday, right here on the home of Sooner fans. Okay, here is a, another uh, question. Or it's, well, not a question. It's coming in from X. Romulus. Steely, your boy Baker came back down to earth last week. Are they going to make the playoffs? Yeah, I mean they've got uh, they've got Carolina on the road noon, 
game on uh, Fox coming up on Sunday. Carolina's brutal. They won two games. But, uh, you know, Baker had a couple picks in the game, came back, and, and look, the game was kind of done by that time, but he, he had a couple touchdown passes. But here's the deal, Parker. Baker has thrown for 3,907 yards, 28 touchdowns, both career highs. He's going to lead the Buccaneers to the playoffs and win that division unless they have a disaster in Charlotte on Sunday. He has thrown 10 picks, but, you know, a couple touchdowns this weekend. He's he's already set his – remember the rookie record he set was 27. Justin Herbert uh, eventually broke that one, you know, a few years later. But these are career numbers for Baker in a couple categories, and um, he's got a great chance to throw 30 touchdown passes during the regular season. He's had a really good year. He's had a really good year. He's not a superstar, but he's a good fit in Tampa Bay. It's a good organization. Canals, I think, has done a good job as the OC there. And uh, Parker, again, unless there's a disaster this weekend, Baker's going to be in the playoffs again. Well, and here's the thing, Steely, and this goes back to a conversation that we had, gosh, a year and a half ago now. Like, it's been a long time. But last year and this year for the – I mean – Last year and this year were much the same for Baker Mayfield. They were a couple of auditions, in essence, for a long-term contract, a contract that is in the works for him now in Tampa Bay that's going to keep him in the same place with stability for multiple years. And he'd gotten to the point where his career was at a crossroads, right? He dealt with injuries, dealt with a crappy situation in Cleveland that uh, he was well-advised to get out of. Things didn't really work out in Carolina. The situation wasn't much better there. Obviously, he had a couple nice games there in L.A. in relief of Matthew Stafford. But this year in Tampa Bay was really what was going to determine whether Baker Mayfield got a long-term contract to be a starter or whether he would be relegated to backup duty slash string of one-year contracts going to teams that had open quarterback competitions going into fall camp. But... His performance this year with a coaching staff that, again, has stability and is capable and is willing to invest in what he is and who he is as a quarterback, you've seen what he's capable of now when he has the supporting cast around him that is, that is conducive to success. And if Tampa Bay can win in Week 17 and make the playoffs, I think they have the pieces to potentially make a run in the postseason. I don't necessarily think they go to the Super Bowl, but especially if Baker can cap off this year with a win or two in the postseason and continue to validate his season to this point, his performance up until this point, and continue to disprove so many of the narratives that were swirling before the season, and really for several years now, then... I think he's gonna his value is gonna continue to go up as an NFL quarterback, and it really is remarkable that in a day and age where so many NFL teams have uncertainty surrounding their quarterback situation, like I, I, I I'm hesitant to call it a quarterback drought in the NFL, but there are so many teams comparative to previous years that have uncertainty and have instability at the quarterback position. Baker Mayfield was in a situation where it was it was pretty much win or die, where he was it was either going to pan out for him in 2023 or he would be relegated to the scrap heap of the Ryan Tannehills of the world 
and again be in quarterback competitions in fall camp for a starting job for who knows how many years in the future and probably would have ended up backing up somebody but really impressed with what he's done uh proud of what he's done and excited for what the future holds for him in tampa bay because it does sound like he's going to be there in the long term all right, 405-651-3439, and uh, throwing out the question to you guys and to Parker, what uh, is the question uh, that you want to see answered over the next five years for Oklahoma football with the move to the SEC? Now, mine's pretty broad, but this is kind of a very big question, and it is, you know, we'll find out, did Oklahoma sell its football soul for dollars and uh, TV views and find themselves in a tougher situation to get to a national championship in in college football. Now, I don't think that, but, for instance, remember the the story that the King did, Barry Switzer with Bill Haston, been about a year ago or so, where Barry Switzer said, I don't know if this is the right move or not. You know, you're going to be, you know, playing – uh, tougher competition every week. Yes, you have the 12-team playoff, but but Coach Switzer seemed to say, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure it's the right move. We'll have to wait and see. And that to me is, look, the games are going to be more exciting, all of that. It's going to be the atmosphere is going to be a lot better. But, you know, everybody assumes, well, it's a 12-team football, you know, it's 12-team playoff. Oklahoma's, you know, they should be in, if not every year, every other year or so. Do we know that? That's where we're going to see and find out. What about you, Parker? I think that the Sooners, over the next five years, if they're going to keep this thing rolling and stay in national championship contention year in and year out, I think they need to maintain as much continuity on the coaching staff as possible. And that may mean giving these guys raises every single year, but if that's the price of doing business and that's the price that you pay for continuity, man – I think it's a price worth paying because so many of the assistants on the staff, really every single one of them, like you can look across the board at each of the 11 on-field coaches for Oklahoma, and there's no obvious weak link, right? There's nobody that isn't pulling their weight in terms of what they've done on the recruiting trail or what they're doing for their players' on-field development. And it's going to be a hard thing, right? Alabama made a call to Emmett Jones to inquire about the wide receiver vacancy. Spoiler alert. It's not one that Emma Jones is interested in, but like you're going to get other programs across the country that call your assistants and offer them potentially more money or more responsibility or a more impressive title to leave Oklahoma. And I think whatever Oklahoma can do to combat that, like that is where you start to establish the roots of a strong organizational culture. I think the culture is going to be there regardless, but it's that much more deeply rooted if you have a staff of coaches, all of whom are there for the long term at Oklahoma and are bought into the vision and the leadership of Brent Venables. I think it is at that point, right? It's also it, it's it matters significantly in the recruiting realm as well because players are more eager to commit to a program where they know they're going to be coached by the same individual, by the same group of individuals over the course of their entire collegiate career. career. And so if you can cultivate that sense of stability within your coaching staff, it's rare these days. It's not something that many programs in college football can do. But if that's something you can accomplish at Oklahoma, the ceiling is pretty limitless for where this football program can go. 
All right, do we have time uh, for – let's do a couple texts right here, and then we'll get as many as in as we can in the uh, last segment. Slim Brady wants to know, will we go another 20-plus years without a championship? When do we win another conference championship? Will a BV-led team get that killer instinct? Those are my biggest questions going into the future. There you go. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get one or two more in. 405-651-3439. Kenny Pomeyer, Chevrolet Tax Line. Over the next five years, says a listener in the 909, OU needs to continue to recruit the trenches at a high level. That's where you win and lose in the SEC. Clinton Tulsa says, biggest question, will OU establish an offensive identity the way that they are doing so on defense? I'd love to see a return to the power run game with play action and design pass plays a la Kevin Wilson. There you go. All right, we've got some more to get in, uh, but we got to get to a break right here. I'm at Cabin's Group. Love being out here. Uh, they are the best in the business when it comes to disaster response, and uh, they have the best reputation in the business. Water, fire, mold, storm damage, emergency board up, crime scene cleanup. Cabin's is the name you need to know. 405-573-3048 in Tulsa, 918-282-7612. And they are available at Cavens Group on all of social media, uh, Twitter, X, Instagram, Facebook, you name it, they're on it with some great, great content. All right, break time right here. We shall return right here on The Ref. Tomorrow we will be at the one and only Riverwind Casino. And, again, always love being out there. And uh, hopefully if you're a Riverwind patron, if you're not, you should be. It's the best casino experience in the metro area. Hopefully you've been playing with your wild card on a Monday or a Tuesday or both, getting five times the entries for the drawings for the uh, Big Friday promotional giveaway, the 80K winning resolutions giveaway. So get on out there tomorrow night, win your share of 80K in cash and bonus play. Hopefully you'll hear your name called. You can also win a trip to Vegas for the Super Bowl, courtesy of our friends at Riverwind as well, with the first down in Neon Town promotion uh, running now through January 18th. The top five patrons who earn the most points on their wild cards will win an extravagant trip to the uh, 2024 Super Bowl in Vegas Riverwind's going to do you right. They do everything first class. You're going to get game tickets. You're going to get airfare, a great hotel, ground transportation, and $1,000 in cash. So get out there, play on the specific game machines. The uh, signage is all around those machines. Ask somebody at the casino, where do I find these machines? They will point you in that direction. Be among the top five patrons who earn the most points on those machines, and you'll be headed to the Super Bowl in Vegas these individual packages are worth about $25,000 when you consider everything. And we've got shows at the Showplace Theater next up in January, Boys to Men. A uh, week from tomorrow night, January 12th, Clay Walker. Saturday, January 13th, comedian Joe Coy. Saturday, January 27th. In February, Air Supply, Scotty McCreary. In March, Jay Leno, Jim Gaffigan, some great comedians. And uh, tickets are available at Riverwind.com, or you can go by the casino box office. Our friends at Riverwind, we appreciate them very much. We'll see Justin and the crew out there tomorrow. All right, 405-651-3439. Parker Thune, ladies and gentlemen, is lord of the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet tax line. 
to the text line we go here. Frat Bro Mark has chimed in to say, here's the deal, Frat Bro Mike. Our defensive recruiting was ruined in the Big 12. It was bringing us down. It was over. Our recruiting is going through the roof now. We'll be perennial top 10 every year. There you go. That That is uh, my Landukai brother right there. I think he said it very well. I agree. That's pretty good. Uh, now, top 10 every year. There might be a year, maybe a year there. Uh, it's going to be a lot more challenging, but I do think uh, I'm still a believer in Brent. Second year was a lot better than the first, and, you know, you can look back and the Sooners don't beat themselves, and sometimes, you know, you you lose uh, games, you know, because of your own mistakes and issues. Uh, a lot of teams do that, but the Sooners, they were in every game with a chance to win every game. Uh, you also got to look at a game like UCF where, you know, they made a play, but they were they were somewhat fortunate there, didn't play real well. But uh, I, I still like the way they're trending a lot. KW918 says, biggest question I have is how many of our top-notch coaches are going to stick around when we keep missing out on elite talent because we either refuse, won't, or can't pay the elite talent? And again, KW, I think you're thinking about it the wrong way because – it, coaches who are bought into the vision of what Oklahoma football is and will be, frankly, aren't going to care if elite players won't come to Oklahoma because Oklahoma won't pay them enough. That's not the mission at Oklahoma. Oklahoma is not going to be a team, not going to be a program that throws around ridiculous money figures for players via the recruiting trail and via the transfer portal. The coaches all understand that. They're all on board with that. And I think they all have a right understanding that if you're going to build a championship culture in today's day and age, you can't build it when that's the way you're doing business, when you're just tossing bags every which way, the likes of Missouri and Ole Miss and Texas A&M. There has not been a team that has come anywhere close to playing for a championship in the NIL era, and I know the NIL era is still young, but teams that operate that way, they haven't had success. Find me a team that has. Find me a program that has. Find me a program that has gone out and bought a recruiting class or gone out and bought a portal class and have parlayed it into immense success on the gridiron. It has not happened. Yeah, the only one you could look at and say, all right, well, maybe to an extent. But Oregon, I know that Oregon throws money around, but I don't think they've done it to the extent, you know, that clearly A&M has done or Miami has done or what Missouri is doing now. And, you know, they've they've always had a, a, a good, solid program out there. But I don't know. And like I said, I think Phil Knight, when they really want a guy, can help out and pay some money there. But they've also recruited pretty well, you know, without just throwing, I don't know, A&M money out to prospects. Would you consider Oregon maybe the only argument there, or how would you how would you look at that? I mean, maybe, but even so, yes, Oregon pays, but <laughs> – How do I make this distinction so that it makes sense to people? Oregon recruits players with more than just money. 
Oregon is not a program that is outright buying players. Players aren't committing to Oregon solely for the money, if that makes sense. Or And if you listen to Dan Lanning talk, you know that I'm not fabricating something here. No, Dan Lanning and that Oregon staff, look, they have a ton to recruit around. They have excellent facilities. They will be the best in the nation within three or four years as far as facilities are concerned. Watson Stadium is an awesome venue. Obviously, the state of Oregon is beautiful. A lot of liberals up there, but if you can get past that, uh, then obviously Oregon has – it is a school that inherently has a lot to recruit to. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, we got to get out of here. Uh, Parker's going to hang around, uh, get locked in. And, again, uh, great text on the uh, text line today, 405 651 3439. Keep them rolling in. One of that Gary and the crew out here, Cavens Group is your local remediation and mitigation emergency experts when it comes to things like water flooding your business, fire damage that needs to be cleaned up quickly, mold affecting the environment for your customers or employees. 405 573 3048 in Tulsa, 918 282 7612, Havens Have a great Thursday.